Hi everyone and welcome to Sterling's Business Success and Coffee podcast, kindly sponsored and supported by Sterling's group coaching programs and Fix This Next free online business assessment, enabling you to pinpoint what your business needs you to fix next. Business tips to help you level up and scale up. Hi everyone, I'm Simon of Sterling Coaching and welcome to this podcast episode in which I'm joined by Suzanne and at the bottom of the video that I can see here, uh, she refers to herself as the Productive Business Development Coach. Welcome to today's podcast, Suzanne. Good to have you with us. Thank you so much, Simon. It's great to be here. Tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Give us a little bit of a, an insight into the person that uh, has that title at the bottom of the Zoom screen there, which they can't see, by the way. So that's <laughs> it's all on the menu. Of course, of course. Well, I have been in uh, business development and marketing for now 19 years, going on 20. Um it's really kind of like my bread and butter. I really love kind of seeing the way businesses tick and help them be able to create something that's more substantial. Um, the reason why I have the title Productive Business Development Coach is because unlike a lot of business coaches, I put productivity as front and center. Um, I'm not just making strategies that are just going to be, you know, strategies that are, might not produce exactly what you're looking for, but I really want to make sure that everything we do is productive. Um, typically, when I work with a company, it's like they all see 62% growth minimum uh, within the first like 90 days um, because I'm really, really big on like, okay, let's get in, let's get it done, let's get it moving. Um, yeah. But I've been a coach consultant for 13 years, and now I just focus in on coaching because I'm a redheaded female, which you guys can't see, but um, I'm really, really good at telling people what to do. So that's, uh, that's kind of what I do now. And one thing I will say right at the start of this, listeners, uh, when I start Zoom sessions, very often you see, as I have, a very boring headshot of somebody before the video starts. Uh, if you do nothing but contact Suzanne, just so you can do a Zoom session and see the photo that she has when she starts up a Zoom, I'm not going to describe it. I'm not going to tell you any more about it. I'm just going to leave that hanging there so that you can have that connection just to see that image. But it was it was worth connecting just to see that today. <laughs> well, thank you. And that was the um, the product of meeting with a branding coach that told me that me having my logo was not professional enough. So that is what I replaced <laughs> it with. And I'm oh, like, yeah, right. this is definitely more me. <laughs> no problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um... I got the person as soon as I saw the image. So that was good. And that's just the kind of person we want with us today as well. Now, this is, you know, normally we talk about coffee, but we've talked about all sorts of other drinks. And you and I actually have found that we're drinking the same drink today. So, uh, yeah, I've had my fill of coffee today. And you know, I was just explaining as a point where I record this, you know, uh, my wife got rushed into hospital this afternoon. So I've decided to come down a little bit from the caffeine of coffee and just have a tea. And I believe you've got tea there as well. Tell us a little bit about the tea you're drinking today and why. Absolutely. So um, right now I'm actually drinking a um, green tea that's been infused with blueberries um, and just nice and calm and relaxing tea. Um, I actually, um, I picked the leaves a little while ago. So um, they were just like, they were perfect. Um, and then I just infused them with the blueberries. So it just came out like really, really good. 
Yeah, see, I've never, ever, no, I, I can safely say never had blueberries in a green tea. Yeah, I, I buy a lot of the packet green tea, so I've had green tea with cranberries in and all sorts of different, but never blueberries. And blueberries, yeah, I'm a little bit of a Canadian at heart. I've had businesses in Canada for, for over 20-odd years, and I, that started my passion of blueberries. So if I can get anything with blueberries in, muffins, you name it, I get it. So green tea with blueberries sounds absolutely delightful. It's really good. And it's a really great antioxidant too. So, um, yeah. you know, just to kind of like flush your system and it's just, it's really, really nice. Great. And do you drink that piping hot? Do you let it go slightly cool is it is it something you keep drinking to the bottom of the cup no matter what temperature it is because that's the one thing i find with green tea yeah I, I drink it from scalding hot all the way down to almost ice cold how, how do you take yours in that temperature i do the same and i, I ice it during the summer um so oh. I'm, I'm kind of one of those people um like i always have tea tea is my my drink of choice I don't do um I don't drink coffee um but you know we all have those days where it shifts from tea directly to wine at one o'clock yeah. in the afternoon you know um, <laughs> particularly in any kind of covid lockdowns or restrictions definitely oh absolutely I mean as soon as I heard about us the schools closing I called the liquor store up the street and they're like <laughs> Don't worry, we have a case sitting on the side for you. We got you. Don't worry. I'm like, thank you. I will be right there. <laughs> I'll, I'll share one very quick story because you just reminded me of something there. Yeah, I, I'm very rural where I live. And I've got some guys that I go skiing with that live in um, a, a village, which is probably about 20 minutes away. And they're very, very big ale drinkers. And they're very centered around the pub. And they're all dads. And they all go to the pub. And they all get together. And this lockdown has been horrific for them but they found um, a brewery that would deliver beer to one of them and they had kegs of beer delivered and this is where <laughs> i've never shared this story before so hopefully I'm, I'm aware who might be listening to it but they get their little one of their dads got their little son who's about 10 years old and he's got a john deere toy tractor with a trailer behind it and they <laughs> sent their son round the village delivering these kegs of beer to all the other dads during lockdown it was so funny to see it on the uh, the whatsapp group but uh, that is fantastic <laughs> yeah yeah you wouldn't get that anywhere i've lived before but you certainly get it where i live now so that's uh, great so, yeah i can imagine yeah suzanne what's what's your favorite tea then if teas you know what you like to drink um you know what what's your favorite tea or do you have a, an even more favorite drink that is is really something that you know if you were going to push the boat out a little bit and do something special you'd have a drink of that um well my definitely my I, it's definitely a tea um so um i actually make a um a white tea infused with peach and during the summer it is like wonderful um it's really it's nice and light it's like it's got such a great flavor to it um yeah. i can literally drink that 24 yeah. 7 uh, yeah you mentioned white tea i had a one of my first ever coaches was an action coach way way back you know 25 years plus ago and he introduced me to white tea and over here in the uk when you mention white tea what you mean is traditional yorkshire tea or pg tips with milk that's what you mean by white tea and oh. I've, I've never had anybody else and i bought a big box of tea 
10 years ago and I still I'm still going through these little bags of white tea <laughs> because you just you just don't get it you, you, you can't drink white tea here in the UK that easily I'm sure yeah. it's out there and listeners Anywhere. will probably flood me but yeah it's not something that's that common definitely I have no idea I, it's, yeah. I know everywhere is very, very different. Um, you know, I, I get looked at kind of sideways most of the time because I, I grow my own tea um, just because tea actually, no matter kind of where you are, especially in the States, um, is processed with the highest pesticides possible. Mm. And, you know, I'm not like a complete health nut, but I do follow the Mediterranean way of eating. Um, so I'm really cautious about like the types of foods that I bring into my household. I'm a single mom of four. I have four teenagers. Yep. Um, so I'm really cautious about the food and the drinks that I bring in. And tea is one of those that the pesticides are so high that even if I go someplace to grab a cup of tea, I'll get a headache from the yeah. tea because really? it's just, you know, there's so many pesticides in it. So I only go to certain places that have um, organic teas or teas that they grow themselves. Um, but it's actually like so easy to, to make your own tea. Um, and people just don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I'm like, uh, I certainly didn't thing. know. <laughs> yeah. I would never, ever have dreamt about making my own tea. You're right about pesticides. I, I keep bees and I've had a couple of hives wiped out when the farmers have been out there. And if the wind's blowing in the wrong direction, I've lost a whole hive of bees that got wiped out with the pesticides. You know, just uh, horrific. Yeah, so it's really bad. It's really yeah. bad. Yeah. So let's get on to some of the uh, the business topics here then. What, what's been the latest or most significant thing that you've either worked on, fixed or evolved in your own business? And perhaps we might talk about some things that you've done with clients as well. But first of all, in your own business, share with listeners what you've what you've been working on. Absolutely. Um, so um, believe it or not, the most latest thing that I've been working on has been COVID related. Um, so um, I primarily work with like large companies, medium and large size companies. Fortune 500s yeah. is like my, my typical niche. Um, okay. And because I ended up with more time, um, because I didn't need to travel to go to my clients anymore, um, I opened up to a new market as well, which is the small business market, startup companies, things like okay. that. Um, and I wanted to help. I wanted to help. So uh, what I did was I put out uh, my strategy sessions for free, which I typically yeah. charge like $1,500 for. And I was like, nope. I'm like, I just want to help you guys. That's it. And they're like, what's the catch? I'm like, no, really? Yeah. I have nothing to sell you. <laughs> like literally yeah. nothing. I'm like, I just want to help. Um, so I put that out there. I had um, about 90 calls booked in about two weeks. Um, and I was able to help as many of them as I possibly could. Um, and then they came back. I'm like, well, we need more help. I'm like, give me about a week. And um, in six days, I created a course. Um, and that course has now grown um, 390% um, in, uh, since April. Wow. Well um, thank you. Thank you. Um, but it's really just, you know, for me, I was looking to help create sustainability in small business because it's already a struggling space, a struggling market. Yeah. And then with COVID, it was like, you know, it was like a torpedo. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I wanted to help people be able to pivot and get online and get to where they needed to be. Um, and so there is that. And then um, I'm writing a book, my first book. Um, yeah. And I'm really excited about that. Yeah. Um, so I'll be writing more, I'm, I'm sure. But my first book is in the works and will be done by the 25th because that's my deadline right. so 
Well, they always say, don't they? Every person has a book within them. Well, I had one book. I wrote it about 10 years ago and that's it. I'm never writing another book. I did not enjoy the experience or writing is not my thing. Talking, I love it. I love engaging with people. I love, I don't mind videos even, but um, yeah, writing. I just, I've only ever read two books from front cover to back cover in my whole life. I listen to books. I love audio books. But yeah, I found writing really difficult. So uh, I'm sure when, when you've got it and you've got it published and it's out there, you need to let us know. And uh, yeah, I I promote anybody's book that's out there because I take my hat off to getting that accomplishment made because it's such a big one. Definitely. Well, I can tell you, I cheat with my writing and it might be something you might want to take into consideration. So if you like the audio type of version, you like to talk, um, I talk and transcribe it. Um, that's how I write. Mm. And, and I can tell you, like, it just flows and it's comfortable. You got to go with what works for you. And I can, I can bet you probably have another book in you. You're just like sitting down in front of the computer to type it It just doesn't sound appealing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you're right. And for the listeners, you know, the the first book I wrote and the only book I've written, actually I did do in a very similar way. So I had, I had a ghost writer. So I did the, the, the voice, as you say, the transcriptions uh, were then dealt with by the ghostwriter, but just the structure of it, you know, I, I'm very much, yeah, if you can see my desk now, I've got just a few bullet points and I've got a post-it note, which I should write notes up from this. That's it. I don't do lots and lots of words and structure. So uh, yeah, it's, it's certainly a good achievement. So what, yeah. what kind of, what kind of difference has that made to you then? How's that made you feel that you've been able to go from that Fortune 500 niche to helping small businesses. Uh, What's been the significance of that for you? Well, I still work in the space of Fortune 500s. Um, I actually, right now I have a waiting list with them. So they're, you know, kind of doing the thing that needs to be done for them. But really like my heart, my heart mission is in sustainability and small business. That's that's what I wanted to help create. Um, You know, small business owners just, they got, they got such a raw deal. Um, you know, yeah. there was really not too much available for them. Some of them didn't qualify for any government programs. Um, some of them didn't. About that weren't even able to um, um, like any unemployment or anything like that. So yeah. they were making decent money to making nothing. And it's like, how do you put somebody in that position? It's hard. Yeah. Um, they didn't like seeing that. I just wanted to be able to help in any way that I could. And um, I know that I can be myself no matter what market I work with, which I love um, because I like one of those, I'm unapologetically myself. Um, Someone had actually said I should brand myself as the offensive business coach. I'm just kind of (laughs) like, Oh, I love (laughs) that. I love it. Yeah, it, that's that's what we call here in the UK a marmite. Um, um, you either love it or you hate it. It's going to be polarizing, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. But you know, it's, you got to kind of go with what works for you. I'm just I'm one of those types of people that you know I don't care if you're paying me sixty thousand dollars. I'm showing up in jeans and flip flops because that's how I roll. That's yeah. just me. And um and the people that I work with completely understand that and um. 
so the small business space, I'm like, hey, guys, listen, like you're allowed to be yourself here and you need to embrace that. And I feel like that that's going to help create like a whole new version of CEOs as they grow and mature as companies, which is really exciting. Um, yeah. Because I think it might change a lot of culture where it's a little bit too high strung and we yeah. can relax it a little bit and maybe get it to a place where um, culture is more the forefront, communication um, and really like high levels of customer service and team building is more of the forefront of the company than making sure everybody yeah. shows up in a super high every day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's interesting. I, I used to wear a tie for work you know, when I've been in construction, when I have my own business, I'm the boss, I can do what I want. So I never wore a tie. And I don't know if you've ever come across the, the marketing coach for coaches called Taki, Taki Moore from Australia um yeah he's he's helped me with my marketing for for a number of years and i went to see him in london and it was about october time which for an australian is pretty cold in comparison to what he would probably have but somebody asked him a question about his measure of success and it was the number of days that he could coach barefoot because if i'm if i'm coaching barefoot i'm either in my home on the sand of the beach or I'm somewhere where I'm on stage and I don't have to worry about what's beneath my feet. Mm-hmm. And last year, I actually measured my own success by that same barefoot coaching. And, you know, because we were locked down, I could stand at my desk. I had a lot more people doing Zoom. And it's great to find that measure of what is successful for us as coaches. But for you listeners as well that are listening to this, I think it's really important what Susanna said there about finding that your own identity and then finding what your own real measure of success, isn't it? And if it's barefoot business, then great. If it's flip-flop business, then that's great. Exactly. I always measure my success by the amount of days that I get to work on my beach. That's <laughs> that's Perfect. it for me. That's it for me. I'm like, nope, I'm a beach girl. If I can work on my beach, I can run my entire organization from my phone on the beach. I'm I'm that's successful and, and I can do that right now. So great. I'm like, I'm, I'm doing it. <laughs> So if, if you've helped uh, these small businesses, small, medium-sized businesses, 90 calls in the course, has there been a common thread that you've seen? Has there been a common problem that you've helped people with that perhaps you might impart to listeners so that they might be more aware of it in themselves? Oh, a million percent. Um, the biggest problem that people in startup companies, um, idea state of business, small business is imposter syndrome. They are terrified that they're going to mess it up in some way, shape or form. And that is the biggest catalyst of business failure. Um, no matter which way you crack that nut, um, when people can't identify that they are questioning themselves or they're allowing others around them to question them, them and their ability, when they can't recognize that as a whole, they just feel like they're just never going to accomplish it. They're never going to do it. So their time management is off. Their productivity is down. Their ability to market and sell themselves has completely shifted. Um, They even sometimes lose passion for what it is that they're doing just by what's going on around them yeah and becoming really self-aware of that is like a number one um really kind of getting to that place of thinking back to when you were a kid what was the first negative thought that you were told 
that you still hear in your head as if it was just being said to you from mm-hmm. when you were a child and bringing that to the surface and saying, you know what, that voice can shut the hell up. They don't have a bearing on me. They don't have a bearing on my life. They don't get to decide how I feel about me. When you can kind of put yourself in that position to release yourself from those negative thoughts, you can accomplish anything that you want. Um, But it really always comes down to imposter syndrome that is always fed by an exterior source, but then we ourselves continue to feed on that. Like, you know, like it's a big chocolate cake. Like we just can't get enough of it. And it's just disheartening. And it's interesting you just said there, and I think, you know, uh, I'm sure the listeners will take heart to that, that, you know, we we hear self-awareness all the time, you know, and I use it all the time with, with myself, with my clients, and there's so much talk about it that people hear it, but they don't understand how to be aware. And I was going to ask you the question, you know, if people want to be more self-aware, how could they better do that? And you're giving us a great example there of take yourself back to the child because Mm -hmm. straight away, as soon as you said that, I remember being taken back to a moment where I was at a parent's evening, sat underneath the teacher's desk. My parents couldn't find a sitter. They took me along and I sat cross-legged under the desk why the teacher talked about me over the top of the desk. Oof. And that that voice, Mr. Ollie, even his name is still there. And I'm going back 40 years. I can still remember his name. I can still picture his face. That took me straight back to that moment. In fact, it's giving me goosebumps now just talking about it. You know, um, Going back to that, I think is a great tool that all of us can use uh, and take away from this podcast about getting that negative thought because very often it's, it's not something that's that apparent to us. It's not that devil and angel on the shoulder that we're very um, visible of. Yeah, it's that real, real deep thought, isn't it? And uh, yeah, I think that's a great thing to share. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And uh, um, Absolutely. Yeah, give, thank, thank you for giving me goosebumps as well. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. But I mean, it's, it's really like, that's the thing that people don't think about is you know, there's something that triggers from, you know, as as young as you can remember, there's something that you've heard at one point that continues to stay in your brain. However, our brains are really interesting because our brains only allow us to retain very small percentages of an experience, unless the experience was something so traumatic that our brain will not let us forget it. So you can have a great experience and you, like, as soon as you have that experience, you're only going to retain 25% of it. Then it's going to slowly dissipate down to about 2% of that experience. Will you actually remember? And it's only going to be the things that are most impactful to you. However, trauma, Mm -hmm. you can remember, unless you come up with a mental block trauma, you can remember almost a hundred percent. You, yeah. you remember the teacher's name. You remember the experience. You remember how you were sitting. You probably yeah. can remember the, the smell. smell. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. As you said that, yeah, smells, definitely. Yep, you can remember everything because the trauma is there. Um, so whatever it was that triggered you, that's going to continue to remain in your brain um, because your brain is going to constantly remind you of that. So it, there's kind of a way of being able to kind of recognize that for what it is, the fact that you can detach yourself from it and no longer allow it to power what you have now yeah and and i think you know for me 
you know, just to share a bit more of that moment, it was a life-changing moment, um, certainly from, from a trauma point of view, as you mentioned there, because at that point, you know, we're talking before this about reading and you know, I, I don't read books. I like to listen to books. I mean, it's not because I can't read, it's just I don't enjoy reading. Uh, but one of the things that that did, I, when I sat under that table, I was in the bottom class of that year. And I sat there and I remember, and I can remember my thoughts. And again, it's given me goosebumps, I think about it. And I said, he is not talking about me that way. So it's the way we react to it, not only then, but that has stayed with me and the reaction has stayed with me because by the end of that year, I was in the top class. I wasn't the top of the top class. I was bottom of the top class, but I clawed my way up the, the academic levels because enough was enough. He's not going to talk about me in front of me like that. And that mantra has stayed with me for the rest of my life. And I think for those listening, for the business owners and other coaches and other consultants that are listening, it it's being aware of it, isn't it? But it's, it's the way we react to it. it. I mean, are there any examples that you've got in which you've seen a shift in businesses that you've worked with where it's made such a difference? Oh, a million percent. Yes. I mean, it's, um, I actually had one um, really big one um, that I'll share. Um, it was um, the husband was the one that was my client. And mm -hmm. he had said, he's like, you know, my, my wife is just super not supportive. She's never been supportive. You know, she doesn't believe in what I do. Um, it's constantly an uphill battle. And um, he's like, so whenever it comes to any decisions that I make, it's going to be 100% me all the time. And the only thing that I have to do is make sure to bring money home. And that was it. And it was very disconnected from for him. Um, yeah. So he wasn't a very emotionally tied to himself, let alone his company. So there was this huge disconnect. And throughout the process of working with him, believe it or not, and I know this might sound bad, um, but he decided he was ready to divorce his wife. Because not only was she like that with the business, but she was like that with every aspect of everything that he yeah. cared about. And he yeah. realized that he just kind of wasn't in, that he was like just kind of working his way throughout his life, taking step after step after step, but not living in his life. He's like, mm. I feel like I'm in this shell. And now he's gotten to this point where he is in an amazing state of mind. His business is doing absolutely tremendous. Um, the relationship with him and his ex-wife now is even better than yeah. it was because now they have a different respect for each other. Right. So they're yeah. doing really great with raising their kids. So it's like the, the whole shift just happened because this guy was just in this like robotic mode. And, yeah. um, but that's really what ends up happening. You know, you get into that mode of, okay, get up, go to work and come home and then go through the rigmarole of everything that I have to do. Um, and people stop putting themselves first. When yeah. you stop putting yourself first, you know, you have to always put yourself first. And I know that sounds kind of like, eh, but it's not because just like they say on the airplanes, right? Oxygen mask on you before you help somebody else. Yeah. Got to take care of you. You can't pour from an empty cup. You got to make sure that you, you know, give to other people from the overflow from your own cup. Well, unfortunately, this guy's cup was dry for years a good 15 yeah. years, his cup was dry and he's trying to pour out of it and he's got nothing. He's like, I feel like I'm pouring sand. And I'm like, yeah, yeah let's not do that. So just shifting that mindset and getting out of, you can't do it. You can't do it. You can't do it. 
he literally in the first year had the best year he had ever had. He tripled his business just by changing the frame of mind and the way of thinking. And then year two, he decided to, to go for the divorce. And then now his business is doing, um, 75% 75% better than it was when we first started right. and we're going we're, we're yeah. to happen. Yeah. And, you know, I don't want to steal the thunder of the, the one thing that, you know, you can share with the, the listeners there, but I think that's really important as you're saying all this. Uh, and I hope you're picking up on this listeners that if you want success, if you want your business to be successful, you've got to work on the mindset and yeah, there are there are lots of different coaches, life coaches, all the, but all of us really need to get our mind in the right place, our heart in the right place, to really maximise the business success. And I found that in my own businesses for you know, over a number of years and a number of businesses. And if you've, if anybody listening to this has got anybody who says, well, no, no, get the business right first, and then we'll work on the mindset. Wrong way round. Change that person. Go out and find somebody different. You know, and, and you know, work on what Suzanne's telling us here. So, just before, and I'm, 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 I'm going to ask you the question. You know, if you could give somebody something to take away from today, in addition to everything that you've already given us in abundance, um, what would it be? I, sh- I just want to pick up on what I've just said there about going and finding something different. If people want to find out more about you, more about how they can connect with you, perhaps seeing any of your content, look at your courses, how do people connect with you, Suzanne? Please give us some details. Absolutely. So they can actually go right to my website, SuzanneDewire.com. Um, so super simple, um, S-U-Z-A-N-N-E-D-W-Y-E-R.com. Um, all my courses are there. My books will be listed there. Um, all, all, everything about me will be there. Great. And if anybody's on social media, is there a preferred platform to connect with you on social media? I'm on everything. Um, so you can find me on Facebook <laughs> You search my name and I pop up everywhere. Um, I'm kind of one of those people that I market myself really well. So if you type in Suzanne Dwyer, you get me or an attorney. I'm definitely not an attorney. Not an attorney. <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm one of those that I'm just like, no, I pay attorneys to keep me out of jail. Um, yeah. so <laughs> but wouldn't that, I mean, t- you just, you know, the, the thought of you being an attorney, I think that would be quite sort of uh, legally conquering, wouldn't it? You know, put you in an attorney seat and uh, that'd be quite fearful, wouldn't it? I'd love to see you um, as an attorney. No, I would go to jail for contempt against the judge. I'd be like, no, judge, you're stupid. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's take you back to your childhood and think about the negative thoughts. That worked well, wouldn't it? My oh, yes. Yeah. Not, not so well. Not so well. The judge would be like, are you kidding me right now? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so funny. So if if you could give the, bis, uh, the listeners uh, a business tip or some lesson that they can take away and I was interested in what you said right at the beginning about this about you know coach not consultant uh, and you know the uh, the idea of this podcast is to give something to people that they can actually do something with um, and listeners if you do nothing with what you've learned today then you've wasted your time you've wasted my time and you've wasted Suzanne's time so make sure you do something what she's about to tell you so if you could give somebody a lesson or tip what would it be okay so first thing is absolute first Create a morning routine for yourself. Give yourself time. 
every single day that is just yours. You can do whatever you would like during that time. You can go for a walk, you can read a book, you can meditate, you can do whatever you would like, but you have to make sure that you're giving yourself time to just be you. Whether it is from business, from personal life, whatever the case may be. Like I said, I'm a single mom of four teenagers, four teenagers, mm. which means I get no quiet. Um, I get up every day, 345 every single day. And I start my day with gratitude. I get into my workout. I get ready for the day. I write out 10 things that I'm grateful for that I had, that I had experienced the day before. Then I incorporate that into 15 to 20 minutes of meditation. And then I grab a cup of tea and I watch the sunrise over the ocean. And that is my time. No interruptions. My phone isn't ringing. My kids aren't asking me for stuff. The dogs aren't even awake yet. It's my time to just have my routine. And the rest of my day is seamless. It's calm. It's peaceful just because I gave myself that time. And every single business owner that I've ever worked with, I said, the first thing you need to do when you first wake up is do not grab your phone. Give yourself time to just be yeah. yourself. Yeah. And it's interesting what you said there about the gratitude. Uh, and I don't know where you've got that from, and we've not spoken about it before. But yeah, I went to see Tony Robbins at UPW back in 2005, and I bought one of his CD sets. Uh, and it was when CDs were fairly fresh, actually. And one of those CDs has 15 minutes of gratitude and he takes you through 15 minutes of gratitude and creating that circle of what you're grateful for, who you can be grateful for. What could you be grateful if, you know, if you can't find anything to be grateful and gratitude for me, people often saying all the business I've had, how do you remain so calm? How come stress doesn't get on top of you? And I give them the same answer every single time, daily gratitude. And you have to. Yeah, having that morning routine to do that, you know, I don't actually do it at the same time every day, but I'm going to try now. I've, I've heard that and create that morning routine. I think that would be a great thing. And listeners, I challenge you to do the same, you know, create that morning routine. Not sure I'd cope with 345. Um, <laughs> yeah, it we, we, it is, it's a special time of day. Like no one bothers me and the sun's not even up yet. <laughs> Well, I, I certainly know there's places in, in the UK that I've lived that if I got up at 3.45, I would have caught more burglars, certainly, because uh, that <laughs> tends to be that twilight zone when people go out robbing houses. Uh, so, uh, yeah, oh so create, the mo create that morning routine and, and be grateful, creating that gratitude. I think that's really important. Everything starts and ends with gratitude. Um, I'm a very big, um, I do um, a visual vision board. I do a mm -hmm. mental vision board. Uh, physical vision boards are great, but mental vision boards are something you can take with you. And it's just visualizing what you want, but actually giving yourself time to truly visualize it. And yeah. it's powerful. It's incredibly powerful. Um, the house that I'm in right now, I actually drove past it. Um, it's almost seven years now. I drove past it. I was living in New York at the time. Drove past this property and I was like, oh my God, that's it. That's my dream property. I'm going to own that. Mm. And um, at the time I was dating somebody. And he was in the passenger seat and he turns around and he's like, yeah, good luck with that. I'm like, well, now that you tell me that I can't, now I have to just to spite you, even if I didn't want to, because <laughs> don't ever tell me I can't right. do something. No. Um, and I actually bought this property um, in June. I closed on it in June. 
And I said it in my mindset. It was in my vision. It was in my gratitude. I'm like, I know I'm going to own this. And now I have a Hmm. a beautiful 10 acre private beach estate um, that it's just me and my kids. And it's just gorgeous. I'm incredibly blessed. And I'm grateful for it every single day. And I've got to ask the question that all the listeners will be leaning in wanting to ask. Did you tell that person that was in the passenger seat that you now own that property? Do they know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, actually, I, I said it in like a really, really sweet, caring and compassionate way. Um, it was more <laughs> like, guess what? I did it. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was I was starting to think this doesn't sound like this is and I've only known for a few minutes but then when you said it like that yeah that's definitely you of course you know like that was <laughs> the most compared like compassionate way I could possibly say it I was like yeah no I really did it anyway so <laughs> let's move on to the the, the last question uh, then and this is about when your next uh, tea is going to be but because at the time we record this you know lots of us are in different aspects of lockdown and different restrictions I thought I'd change the question a little bit to be um, where the dream location would be for that tea well actually for many of us that dream location sounds like we need to come round to your house uh, and <laughs> soak, soak up soak up the beach and uh, and and the, and the resort that you've got there um, so where would your dream location be for your next tea? Share that with the listeners for today. Honestly, it's my beach. I have a private little pathway leading to right to the ocean. And I love going down there every single day. So I usually grab a cup of tea and I'll walk with someone down there, but we keep our social distance. Um, yeah. But it's always just incredibly peaceful to just be able to, you know, squint your toes in the sand when you need to. And it doesn't matter if it's January, I still do it in January. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to ask you something different then, because um, I think we, we all sense didn't we listeners that that was going to be the dream location so I'm, I'm going to ask you if you could have one person with you for that coffee who would it be and they can be somebody living or they can be somebody dead you know I, I I heard somebody ask this question in a tv show some time ago but I'm really intrigued to find out a little bit more about you and who that person would be that you'd have that that tea with um hundred million percent my dad um his 10-year anniversary is coming up Um, The book that I'm writing is actually his favorite phrase is the title. And I would love to be able to share that experience with him. Fantastic. Well, again, more, more goosebumps. Thank you for that. Um, And listeners, you know, I'm sure you've taken lots of things away. We've learned about how Suzanne has shifted from working with the 500, uh, Fortune 500 businesses to actually helping small, medium sized businesses, as well as, Uh, the courses, sustainability in small businesses. For me, certainly the most important takeaway has been to go back to that self-awareness of that childhood thought that's holding you back. Uh, And you're giving us some uh, great tips there about creating a morning routine. Uh, I'm not going to join the 345 uh, group if you ever set up a group of that. No, that's definitely not me. Although for me, it might actually work out in the UK. It might be a good time for me. Yeah, that's, okay. that's probably right. about my, my eight. Yeah, that's my eight forty-five, perhaps. So that'll be good. Uh, but yeah, listeners, create that morning routine. Take what Susanna said about that routine. Take away 
that need to be grateful as well. And uh, I, yeah, thanks for sharing such amazing things. It's been an absolute blast. It's unfortunate that this is audio because you would see listeners a smiley face in front of a lovely light blue room. Is it blue room that you got behind you? Yes. Yeah, yep, this uh, is my sunroom, my favourite room in the whole house. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it's been a pleasure to have you with us. And, uh, and thank you very much for giving up your time. It really is appreciated. Well, thank you so much for having me. And I'm super grateful to be here. So thank you. And listeners, of course, this is part of my mission to help businesses and coaches and consultants around the globe become more aware. We've talked about awareness for most of this podcast, so I'm sure we've done that and better educated and we've learned some very valuable lessons there in which we can use in our own success in our own business and we've not talked about coffee but we've certainly talked a lot about tea and I never even thought about making or growing my own tea so that's something I can go and blueberry tea I need green blueberry tea. I'm going to go down and hunt that out now so thank you listeners for listening to this and I look forward to having you with us on the next podcast bye for now 